on the TV, on the radio, and even social media, everyone has become a debater. Hot heads, hot takes, and lots of hot air are now the norm. But only one can be the master debater. This is Master Debaters from News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And welcome to Master Debaters. I'm Dennis Foldy. This week we're taking a look back at some of the more interesting arguments made by our debaters on the show, whether they were actually good decisions or not, and you get to be the judge. You can fill out the judge form on the Master Debaters page of KTSA.com with your scores, zero to ten, and thoughts, or you can send your scores on Twitter at KTSA News. Let's begin in Florida with BuzzFeed's Hayes Brown, talk show host Casey Bartholomew, and Anthony A. from the Dana Cortez Show. Seen right out of Miami Vice, a man wanted by U.S. Marshals was pulled over Monday night near a sandbar on Miami's Biscayne Bay. But he jumped onto a jet ski and he was off. And that's when the fun began. Three law enforcement boats were in full pursuit. Seen in a video posted on the Only in Dade Instagram account. Cops did catch up, but so far we only know that the man was arrested and we don't know what for. Peter King, CBS News, Orlando. So what do you say would be the most, quote-unquote, Florida police chase possible? Hayes, you get to start with a 15-second head start. It starts now. So I think that the most Florida police chase would have to be a swamp boat. There is no question about it. The Everglades are in Florida. And given like how important they are to Florida's culture and the, you know, uh, I think that if you have a band boat, I think a chase from the with, running from police with that, that would be absolutely amazing. Jet ski is fine, but a band boat? Absolutely. You're dodging alligators in the Everglades. You're making your way through the through the dense uh, mangroves or whatever they have there trying to escape the law. I think that is like are none absolutely the top florida chase you could have now actually it depends on what you are being chased for i think that if you if it's florida i think that given their very very great public records laws we'd be able to know exactly what they are they were in trouble for once they were arrested i think that if you have uh maybe if you are you're smuggling a mickey mouse head or counterfeit disney dollar or something like that that would make it the most florida of police chases that's very stereotypical. I think what you need to have for the most uh, authentic Florida chase is you need to have a long line of elderly people in really big cars not obeying the speed limit by meaning they're going way under it, running stop signs, parking uh, within uh, different spots, over different spots and the like. I really think more uh, stereotypical in this day and age would probably be senior citizens uh, on a slow speed chase for an extended period of time driving home from the uh, pharmacist with their latest medications. I think that's that, that's really what I do. I can't really get behind Florida, that. Having lived there. I, I can't get behind that because Florida is an exciting place. It's high energy, even in this very muggy heat. It's a place where, you know, things happen. A lot of things happen. I have not. I've been at least twice. And I do believe that in in this, they have hurricanes come through. It's a very exciting place. I think that I've watched Miami Vice and Miami Vice tells me one thing. It's that's a lot of excitement. I think that a slow speed chase. I lived in Florida for a couple of years, and I'm here to tell you that uh, Miami Vice is a TV show, and spring break happens once a year. 99.9% of the time, you're dealing with elderly people 
from uh, back east who have come down here to take advantage of the sun and are flouting the uh, traffic laws and driving slow and zipping, uh, crossing over the lines of the traffic lines and running the red lights or stopping in the middle of the intersection of the red light. I can't tell you how many times I had to wave some elderly person on because they weren't exactly obeying where you were supposed to and maybe not supposed to stop when it came down to uh, any sort of uh, actual chase in Florida. I, th I think you'd be better but off with You've mentioned a long line. You've got to really describe what the crime is that the police are actually after them for. You've got to describe what the actual like chase is about. Why are the police after these elderly people? There's no crime at play here. That's just a day. That's just a normal day in Florida from the way you describe it. So what is the actual problem? What's the, why are the cops on the scene actively chasing down these elderly people, this line of elderly people? Without that, it's not a chase. It's like you said, just the stereotypical day in Florida. So I'm really failing to make see, the, see your argument here. Well, I think if we dial it back a step, he is right with the senior citizens there. But if we're talking chase, COVID, I think we've got to talk 45th in a golf cart sitting next to COVID might be the most Florida chase that we could be going on right now. I also... I'm sorry, did you say sitting next to COVID, like next to like a, a, a particle of COVID? Yes, like a particle of COVID, literally him and the emoji driving down. <laughs> I don't know what highway is out there listening to Plies music, heading their way to a Miami Heat game, actually. Or better yet, probably heading to the bubble. Oh, nope, never mind. Mm. You don't go. You cannot go to the bubble. No, I, I see your point there. I really appreciate the fact that you brought 45 into all of this and the fact that he, in a police chase with him, would I'm sure be very exciting. A lot of live coverage, especially if he's like buddy, buddy with the coronavirus as this is all happening. But I got to stick to my point. I think that if you are in the Everglades, you're dodging gators, you are out there like Tiffany Haddish uh, promoting the Everglades. That's, oh wait, that was New Orleans. I strike that from the record. Thank you. I still believe though that the best Florida example would be counterfeit counterfeit Disney dollars, something that made the mouse mad because it is clear that much like in Anaheim, Florida, it, when it comes to their property, Disney rules all in central Florida. So I think that is what you need to really up the level in terms of like how stereotypical Florida this all can be. Well, I just popped back in, so I don't know what was said while I was gone, but I lost everything. But if we're dealing with stereotypes, Florida is the most stereotypical state out there. And I truly believe that if you're looking for uh, the hardcore stereotype that is actual reality, again, having lived in Florida for several years, I, uh, I am here to tell you that the uh, speedboats and the uh, airboats and the alligators, all that stuff is for TV. It's there. But uh, more times than not, you're going to be dealing with a... Uh, with a slow caravan of elderly people out there driving really slow and uh, almost comically so. Or with the dude who's I not maintain, though. <laughs> you kind of mix in the New York accents, too, right? It's, it's old people with New York accents, right? Oh, absolutely. Rudy Giuliani, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mostly people from Ohio, believe it or not. Yeah, I, I can down in that. Myers. Ohio! We're back to them being <laughs> terrible. Now to outer space with comedian Roman Garcia Bristol from Kiss Country 93.7 in Shreveport, Louisiana and Fox News Radio's Matt Napolitano. Team of British scientists has detected phosphine on the planet Venus, a gas normally associated with life. We're not talking about little green men or anything like that. Astronomer Emily drabeck Maunder says we're likely talking about microbes living in the Venetian atmosphere. If confirmed, 
confirmed it's a potential turning point. It should make everyone a little more hopeful that we're moving in the right direction for finding life in other places, whether that be on Venus or elsewhere. One astrophysicist is already calling the discovery mind-boggling. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. So first we had to deal with Martians, now we have to deal with Venetians. So now that Mars and Venus could have or had some form of life on it, if you had to choose which planet you would go to, which one would you go to? Roman, you get the 15-second head start. All right. Well, like they say, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. If I could find a planet in between, that would be great. But uh, really, finding life on Venus, who cares? Finding life on Mars, who cares? If you don't care enough about the people here on Earth, why do you care about finding life anywhere else we want to go over there and screw that my up gosh too. roman are you serious that's crazy yeah. you uh, it would be pure arrogance for us to sit here and think that we're the best that he could do of course there's other life out there and if i had to choose between being a martian or a venetian i would totally take venetian i mean they've got better blinds their fashion was better. I mean, obviously there was some foretelling going on here because we had Venetians right here. If they're, if they're okay. like, Marvin the Martian, just saying. Yeah, if, yeah but look, Marvin the Martian wore a freaking brush on his helmet. Let's start there, okay? But here's the thing, we are the best life form because you know what? We're not over there, a little piece of slime that they're trying to have to look for. We're already here. We're up and walking around, you know? We're Roman, building, you we're don't know bombs. that. We could be in the Matrix, brother. We could be <laughs> in a this year feels like we're in the Matrix. That for much. a Venetian. You know what I mean? They could be studying us, and we don't know. What are they underground? <laughs> no, we would. <laughs> I don't see anybody. I don't see any Venetians waving at us when we're flying by. We do fly Look, by. Look, you know what they up. didn't in Thurman's World or whatever Truman's show either. Okay. <laughs> I, I firmly believe Martians have been watching us like for the, at least the past decade, planning to make their move and then watching what we're doing down here and be like, you know what? It looks like they got control of it. They're handling no, it. And let's face it, the pandemic itself. has been a big cover for the fact that they've told us this summer that aliens exist. That's oh, a yeah. good point, yes. You yeah, guys they... are missing it. This is well, here's the, the biggest thing. cover up in history. I believe <laughs> that there is life on other planets. I believe that there's aliens. But I think it's uh, we're going to have to look a lot farther than Venus. It's like, oh, how convenient they happen to be. Why? Right There's there. songs they about Venus. Right there. Oh, Bananarama. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I was but thinking there, much older, but, there but yes. Seconds, there is 30 seconds to Mars. There is a band that has Mars. So yeah. And I and really Mars. do like 30 Bruno seconds Mars to Mars. <laughs> look, I just. Well, I yeah. Just... Bruno Mars also got busted doing Coke in Vegas. Where do you, okay. what, I mean, what do you want? They tossed, they tossed that charge because the DA in that case also got caught doing coke so he got yes, off the hook. right with him yeah they were well, in the I just, they were I just in the bathroom if, uh, together at the venetian they both knew a guy at the venetian i just wonder if those aliens try to come to earth if we're going to somehow try to build a wall in space that they gotta either go over or under and only get around. if they're illegal well they, technically they would be technically they would be illegal no i'm you know? sure there's a form for that that you fill out in triplicate i, I want to see et standing in line for his citizenship I want to see E.T. raise his right finger and and do the Pledge of Allegiance. That's what I want to see. Okay, well, we'll see how that works because, you know, he's phoning home and we'll get him here. Well, you know, I, like I said, so I, I just, again, I think, uh, you know, uh, Earth is number one. 
just like USA is number one, and Venus and Mars. I don't, Agreed. I don't care. <laughs> I don't. I do. I do agree. We need to do spend a lot more time caring about the people on this planet right now. I, I'll do, agree I with you, Matt. Look, I don't even. I don't even like taking the time to drive across town. I'm certainly not going to say, yeah, let me take a trip to Mars or Venus. I'm just trying to get to Vegas, you know? I mean, I can't even, you know, I mean, I want, my, my trip to Hawaii got canceled because of the freaking uh, pandemic, you know? So what do I care about Venus or Mars, you know? Well, I mean, I mean it's unspoiled. Unspoiled. Yeah, well, let's go spoil it. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, let's at least be first. Let's go. Let's go spoil it. Put a Hard Rock Cafe on Mars. Let's get started. That's what we need. Franchises up there. Yeah, we're franchising Mars and franchising Venus. That's the plan. Yeah, it's like liter- it. it literally a Starbucks. Literally. Okay. Oh yeah. I mean, Starbucks will definitely be the first one up there. I feel like, and maybe Applebee's will be next up. No, no, no. McDonald's. McDonald's. You're no. Do they do gender reveal parties up there too, or do they not have genitalia like, like, like all like frogs where they can switch? I, I think I they're asexual. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I would. That's what I would think. Unless you're like, well, cap- which is a shame because you know everybody wants to have sex. Oh, uh, yeah, but well, it depends. You know, if they, if they, we don't know if those if those aliens are called Jupiter not, the right. big planet for a reason, yeah. and it's not yeah. too far from Uranus. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, it's near Uranus. So, uh, but you know. We don't know if they're married. They they might not be having sex. Who knows? Well, if they're Saturn, you put a ring on it. Captain Kirk had sex with aliens, so maybe so. You know, he got it on. I really don't him. want to Im- imagine Shatner right now in, in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> William Shatner. So yeah. Uh, so before we go to Bobby, uh, just one final recap: Mars or Venus? Bristol, you first. Oh, Venus, I've already told you for several reasons. First of all, they've Mm -hmm. got the best window treatments. Mm -hmm. I mean, how can you go wrong with Venetian blinds? (laughs) Plus, you know what? I actually already have some Venetian style clothing in my in my closet. I can't say that I have like anything like that little Martian dude. Uh, Matt, (laughs) uh, Venus or Mars? I'm going to say Mars because Uptown Funk going to give it to you because Uptown Funk going to give it to you because Uptown Funk going to give it to you. Saturday night in the spot. Don't believe me. Just watch. And Roman, Mars, or Venus? Uh, Venus because, you know, I like the ladies. I like the ladies. Coming up on the best of Master Debaters, one debater made the case for millennials moving back home. This is Master Debaters from KTSA. This is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. Welcome back to the best of Master Debaters, where we're taking a look back at some of the more peculiar moments of the show. Let's go back home as DJ Automatic from the Dana Cortez Show tells journalist Ryan Broderick and Washington Post's Alexandra P. Millennials should do. All right, here are my reasons why millennials should move back in home with their parents and not feel any shame. It's time to recoup regroup and rethink that future. Maybe last year I would have been against this, but we're living in a COVID world. And in a COVID world, the first thing you want to do, you want to recoup your losses. You may have lost a job. You may have lost a place to live. You may even have lost hope. Where are you going to begin recouping all? Where are you going to begin recouping all this? At mama's house. Once you recoup, it's time to regroup. And it's time to get that life back together. It's time to get back on track. What better place to do that? mama's house and finally it's time to rethink your future who can help you do that better than mom and dad they are the original people that helped you come up with the original plan so don't feel guilty about living with your parents millennials it's necessary right now and there's no reason to have shame 
The other thing you can do, you can help your parents do a lot of different things if you're living with, with them right now. You can do the grocery shopping for them. You can clean the yard. You can take out the trash. You can watch the game with your dad. Uh, you give dad someone to talk to besides mom. You might even get mom and dad to go back to school with you. Uh, and we all know that mom never, ever wanted you to leave in the first place. And then finally, the re main reason why you should move back into your parents' home is because who else are you going to move in with? Are you going to move in with that ex that did you dirty? She cheated on you. She was bad to you. Mom's house is a safe place. Go to mom with no shame. 45-second challenge from Ryan. All right. Well, first, I'm going to say I have been quarantining for the last uh, couple of weeks with my family. It's not very fun. It might be something that maybe like you shouldn't be ashamed of. And that's great. Like no one needs to be ashamed of anything. Like, yeah, the world is ending as I've been saying, but I think you're not really thinking about the fact that like, there's a reason you left in the first place, you know, like, yes, they're wonderful. And everyone loves their family. If their family's, you know, good and nice, but at the same time, it's really annoying and you don't have any privacy. And then you start to think like, maybe it was a mistake to quarantine with these people. Maybe I'd be better off on my own, just getting the coronavirus on the street or something. I'm just saying hypothetically, of course. But I don't think you're really thinking about the actual day-to-day -day agony of being surrounded by your family. It's a lot. Alexandra, your 45 second challenge. I absolutely agree. I think maybe as a sacrifice for society, you can argue that we ought to be sent back to our parents' homes to try to keep them from their continual misapplication of the term social distancing. I honestly think mine will say things like, we had a socially distanced party. And I'm like, that doesn't sound socially distanced. I think they just use the adjective to reassure us. I think maybe having someone like us millennials in the house, they're watching them with our gimlet eyes to keep them out of trouble could save lives. That being said, is it a sacrifice we should ask millennials to make? And frankly, I don't think it is. I can't think of anything more stressful than having to recuperate at mom's house. Why are you inflicting this on us? I agree that there shouldn't be any shame in it, but neither is there any joy. Plus, speaking of getting your news from YouTube, imagine all the content Facebook news you have to debunk. It's just not worth it. Now, automatic, you get 45 seconds to respond to your challengers. If I'm in the house, I can control the situation. If my parents don't want to wear masks, I can control that. If my mom wants to watch YouTube all day and constantly misinform herself, I can be there and let her know that this is all BS that's made up by some college kid who had nothing better to do with this time, or maybe even a terrorist. The other thing I'm going to do is... Uh, I heard you guys talk about privacy. You know, you're going to be able to get back to your normal life eventually once you recoup, regroup, and rethink your situation. COVID's not going to happen forever. So use this time to, to, you know, embrace your parents. It might be the last time that you get to spend a significant amount of time with them day in and day out. So the only thing I can say is love your parents and love the situation that you, you're in. Comedian Roman Garcia had a thought or two about celebrities, along with Combat Culture's Matt Ryan and comedian James Ponce. I think we need celebrities to tell us how to vote, what to do, what to buy, and how to think. If we didn't have them telling us to go vote, none of us would go vote. We would be just like clueless and not realizing, hey, we need to vote by November 3rd. So I appreciate all of these celebrities that are doing stuff like getting naked to remind us to vote. Uh, I appreciate Oprah Winfrey calling us to tell us to vote. I appreciate that. And I also 
appreciate when they tell us what to eat. I appreciate that Snoop Dogg is telling me what kind of dip I need for my chips. I appreciate that him and uh, Martha Stewart are making these weed references with the green dip and letting me know because you know what? That's what relates to people. Weed references um, and just telling me what kind of clothes to buy. I appreciate the fact that the Kardashians reach out to my wife and message her and say, hey, here's the kind of eyeliner you should use because we wouldn't know. Uh, I think that celebrities are important. I think their message is important. I think that they're telling us to move out of the country if Donald Trump wins is important. And so I think people need to get their passports, move to Canada, just like these celebrities say, and we need to just follow their lead. Whatever Taylor Swift says I need to do, I need to do. And uh, I think it's a, I think they're just needed. All right, Matt, 45 second challenge. Well, I, I, I love the, the passive aggressiveness there. I, you need to understand <laughs> the idea of having a platform and trying to use it for good. Now, Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg making weed jokes. Hey, I love a good weed joke. I grew up on Cheech and Chong. And also, you know, who doesn't enjoy a vitamin every now and again? But it's not about <laughs> having people do things because a celebrity said it. It's about having a celebrity reference something or bring something up and allowing the person to do their own research and look into why they should vote, what their vote means, what does it mean to vote down ticket? What does it mean in this country to use the ballot box as a voice? We talk about celebrities having voices. The way citizens in this country have a voice is by using their wallet and going to the ballot box. James, 45-second challenge. Well, I can believe you guys could hear the, the, the sarcasm in Roman's voice. How he was sarcastic <laughs> and playing off that. So my disagreeance will actually be an agreeance. Ah, see? So by me agreeing, I'm actually disagreeing because he was being sarcastic. So, Roman, I tell you, yeah, let's for it, buddy. Why don't we have The Rock once again on Instagram with so many comments against him? Use his popularity because that did well for him. Let's just keep going. Hollywood's burning as it is. Uh, everything's closing. No more theaters, guys. Guess what? The new star? YouTube. You want them telling you who to vote for? Because huh? guess who they're going to tell you? Kanye. Guess who I'm voting for? Kanye. That's besides the point. But, Roman, <laughs> let me ask you this and tell you this. It's like listening to a used car salesman. That's my... <laughs> All right, Roman. 45 seconds to respond to everyone. Okay, you know what? Here's the thing. Um, uh, I don't know where Matt was going with this, but you know what? We're like in total agreement. Like, I think celebrities need to tell us what to do. I think everybody needs to use their platform. That's why it's <laughs> awesome that everybody on Facebook is telling us to go vote. I'm just waiting for strippers at a strip club after the lap dance to say, hey, thanks, baby. Appreciate the time. Hope you had fun. By the way, go vote. I think that everyone needs to use their platform. I think when I go get my hair cut tomorrow, I'm hoping at the end she'll tell me her feelings because she's using her platform of cutting my hair to tell me how to vote. So, yeah, I think everyone needs to use their platform, no matter what it may be. I hope when my landscaper finishes cutting my bushes, he tells me, go vote. How does one judge a restaurant? Well, 1027 Jack FM, Sam I am has a strategy, one that Energy 941's Miho and journalist Ryan Broderick didn't completely buy. Uh, okay, so what I don't know about the FAA and the CDC and the United States government, I do know about Chinese food. 
Uh, and no matter what Chinese restaurant you go to, uh, you'll see lemon chicken on the menu. That makes it the best Chinese food there is because it's on every menu at every respectable Chinese restaurant. If they don't have it, then you need to go find another Chinese restaurant. Uh-oh, here we go. Come on, bring it. Chinese lemon chicken is the best Chinese food. Yes, go ahead. Did somebody interject? I heard a ding. Yeah, no, you got you, you got to finish. You, you got to finish. No, 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 let's go. Let's go. Mm-mm. So, it's it's the best. Go down the menu. You'll go to a ton of restaurants and see all these things like, yeah, and it, 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 you can always judge a Chinese restaurant by their lemon chicken. That's a fact. And like, I'm sure everybody here has done that. And if you don't like lemon chicken, I, I, I don't know if I can, I, I don't know if I can talk to you. I don't know if I can sit next to you in the middle seat <laughs> of an airplane. Well, I disagree. Oh, uh, yeah. it's, it's Sam still has about 25 okay, seconds okay. to use. 25 seconds. Yep. Start tap dancing. So, well, here you go. Um, I don't know, man. It's just good. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's my favorite, but I'm just saying it's on the menu everywhere. And most people go to lemon chicken when they're not sure. So that makes it the best. There you go. All right, Ryan, first challenge, 45 seconds. Yeah, look, like, I'm not trying to be funny. Like, I straight up don't even know what lemon chicken is. I've never heard of it before. <laughs> uh, like, are you, is it like Kung Pao chicken or General Tso's? Like, of all the chicken dishes I've ever had, both in American Chinese restaurants and Chinese restaurants in actual China, I have no idea what you're talking about. If we're going to talk about, know? like, if we're going to talk about the that? dish, if we're going to talk about the dish in which you can judge all Chinese restaurants, I feel like the easiest baseline of am I in a good Chinese food restaurant is the boneless spirits in America in an American Chinese food restaurant. You walk in, you say boneless spirits, you try them. If they're good, chances are it's a good restaurant. Egg rolls, also a good way to figure out if you're a good Chinese restaurant. I, I, I'm also a big crab rangoon fan, but I straight up do not know what lemon chicken is. All right. Uh, Miho, Miho, 45 seconds. (laughs) Well, I'm just going to go with, uh, speaking about dishes, I feel like the best one you could judge a restaurant on is a beef broccoli. Like, is the broccoli too soft? Ooh. Is it crispy, right? Yeah. Is the meat too soft? Or is it, like, just chewy enough, right? Secondly, it's just too damn broccoli sweet. Gross. Like, well, that goes to my next point. In lemon chicken, there's no veggies. I love my veggies, right? And, like, it's just I need my veggies. And lemon chicken isn't a good basis to say it's the best dish. And lastly, the only acceptable sweet meat is candied bacon. I don't want something chicken-based that tastes like I'm about to have diabetes. Like, I want either candied bacon or nothing. Sam, 45-second rebuttal. I, I, I'm literally, like, jaw-dropped right now that you've never been to a Chinese restaurant with lemon, with lemon chicken on the menu, but you know of, like, um, I don't know what you say, Peking duck and Mugu Gai Pan. I, I don't know. Um <laughs> Or general, so how do you know the general, but you don't know the lemon chicken? You know, I'm 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 dumbfounded by that because I mean, I've been I've been all around and everywhere I go, I've seen lemon chicken on the menu, and that's how I judge a Chinese restaurant. Now you're right about like the veggies, I understand that, but I'm just saying like when you need, and you can get your veggies in the fried rice, which usually has uh, peas and carrots in it, but like there's your veggies. But I'm just saying like an overall dish, you know, and I'm talking the vegetarian, man. I'm talking about the main menu, like lemon chicken is where it's at. 
and that's why I, it's, it's 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 the best. It's the best. I I ate at a Chinese food restaurant two nights ago. I just pulled up the menu. Uh, they do not have lemon chicken. I cannot find it on this menu. <laughs> so <laughs> I do not know what this is. <laughs> Isaac, uh, points. What do you think of that? Okay, so uh, Sam, got some problems with your <laughs> argument. First of all. Your primary argument seems to be that if something is omnipresent, it must be the best. You're conflating popularity and quality. Uh, it was also a repetitive argument. I also, like Ryan, have not heard of lemon chicken somehow. And I <laughs> eat Chinese food all Yo, the time. Well, I won't dock you points for that. Um, my main issue is the, the content of your argument. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you ten points. Miho, I think your argument for beef broccoli was phenomenal. Um, you backed it up with multiple points how there's many places the dish can fail. It tests different disciplines of the cook. Um, it, you made specific claims about its quality. It had nothing to do with its popularity. Miho, I'm going to give you 20 points for your beef broccoli oh, argument. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, I'm not going to address any aspect of your argument because you attempted to gain argumentative authority by talking about your travels to China. Uh, that's a dirty trick and it's non-substantive. So I'm going to take away five points. Coming up on the Best of Master Debaters, you may have secrets in your love life, but what if your dear beloveds was that they were a foreign spy? That debate next on the Best of Master Debaters from KTSA. This is Master Debaters from 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Welcome back to the Best of Master Debaters. I'm Dennis Foley. We're taking a look back at some of the more interesting arguments that have been made on the show. And you get to be the judge this week. Head over to the Master Debaters page on KTSA.com and leave your scores and thoughts as we go along. Let's go back to October with talk host Casey Bartholomew, Washington Post's Alexander Petri, and an empty chair. So uh, right now, the contestant with the fewest points is the empty chair. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear what it has to say. So you mean I have the power to give the chair all the points and let the chair win? Today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how the game works. Oh my! That's actually the way my day so is going. So, I, I so uh, the topic: whether you are passing out candy at home, having a Halloween party of whatever sort, or seeing people getting dressed up on social media, what Halloween costumes do you want to see this year? Uh, well, empty chair, you get a fifteen-second head start. Five minutes. All right. Uh, I have to say, I disagree with what the chair said just there. I thought that was way out of line. I mean, there's some things that are just off limits, and I think what chair said just now is one of those things. That's not a valid costume, and I don't want to see that any part of that. And I'm a little embarrassed that we're just having this discussion. Um, I think the vulgarity was unnecessary. Personally, I would like to see no Halloween costumes this year. I don't think anybody has any business going out and trick-or-treating. I have a 12-year-old son. This was going to be his last year. It was going to be his last hurrah. And we said, it's not happening. I bought him a bunch of candy. We'll put it in a, a bowl, and he can pick out of that if he wants to. And we are turning off the lights and locking the door for Halloween this year because I don't want anybody coming to my house because, as we all know, small children are nothing but cesspools of infection. So if they're going to be wandering around the neighborhood with a mask or without a mask, 
breathing all over me and it's going to every house, house by house by house. The uh, contact uh, study being done there is going to get into the thousands. And I don't know what these people are doing at home. I don't know what these kids are doing at school. I don't know where they are when they're not standing in front of me. So I don't want them walking in front of my house. I don't want them knocking on my door. I don't want them pushing my doorbell. And I don't want to reach my hand out and hand them a piece of candy, not only because of them, but God forbid I get them sick because something might have happened to me from some other little uh, punk that came to my house wanting candy. Just buy your kids some candy, stay at home, no costumes, none. I don't want to see anything. I think that's a fair point because it's one of those things where people keep saying, well, maybe it will work. And I think any situation that involves a lot of small children who are hopped up on candy, hopefully maybe doing something in accordance with scientific guidelines is really not setting itself up for success. Plus, as somebody whose Halloween costume every year I had to carry around like a little plaque explaining what I was trying to be because my execution uh, score was extremely low, even though my concept score was, you know, I was like, I'm gonna be John Adams this year. And everyone's like, are you Mozart? Are you a person with like cotton on your head? What's going on? Just really- Did, did you have any friends? Did you-, <laughs> what, you going, what young girl is going as John Adams and Mozart? For? I didn't have many friends. Together, really got into the Iliad and so we went as Trojans and people did not understand that costume. They thought we were something different. And we were like, no, we're Trojans, like from Homer. And they were just like, very strange, not loving this. Where so did you grow up? Did you, have a, did you have a childhood? Did you have any fun? I, I, I was going as monsters and vampires and you're going as historical figures. What <laughs> Was your birthday a trip to the library historical section? What happened there? No, I agree. I think that other kids get spared this just by virtue of it just being a public health hazard to be out there. Maybe they'll be better off than I was. I'm still recovering from having to explain where every single door I went to that I was supposed to be John Adams. You don't I want I officially want I don't think anybody should be wearing any costumes this year. I officially want Alex to win this so that she can have because we're two days what a day well today's Halloween and Saturday. Uh we're going to be able to uh give Alex one positive memory from Halloween <laughs> because she was going as John Adams and Mozart. Well, I don't well, you know, I used to go get my, my costumes at Toys R Us with the rubber band in the back and the little fake uh, uh little nylon outfit you would wear. Uh, I can't imagine they had John Adams and, and Mozart in those places. Don't forget the sexy Calvin Coolidge costume, which is very difficult to pull off because the only thing anyone knows about Calvin Coolidge is that he doesn't say anything. And so you can't explain the costume because it ruins the effect. That was a later year. I, I don't You're not helping yourself. You're making it worse. <laughs> You're making me feel bad for you. But... Well, I think At least all the kids now have to have COVID to uh, be able to look back on the negative Halloween and not be able to. You have to look back on when everything was relatively fine and you were going as Calvin Coolidge, John Hudson. <laughs> no, you're right. One year I was Garfield, the cat, not the president. But you could have been mistaken for thinking it was the president, given my trends of prior costumes. Um. <laughs> the sad thing. Yeah, the sad thing is I had to make sure it was Garfield, the cat and not President Garfield. <laughs> Yeah, no, there was no way of knowing there. So, so sharing this generation's kids both infection and that experience, you can't go wrong. I'm not going to say anything else. I want Alex to win now, so she has a positive Halloween. <laughs> well, uh, Kareem, I send everybody here candy. 
so that you can because you, you probably got bags of rocks when you were children <laughs> uh, or she, she apples or whatever other you know so kareem uh what scores do you want to give out for those arguments what do you think about that that whole pile of arguments uh, that was a wild one um alex i'm giving you full credit because i don't think i've ever heard the word sexy in calvin coolidge in the same <laughs> sentence and uh you you managed to pull that off and i never once thought of all the president's ever pick John Adams. Dating can be tough these days, but Washington Post's Alexander Petri, Fox News Radio's Matt Napolitano, and Combat Culture's Matt Ryan all consider one potential aspect. Christine Fong, and according to an Axios investigation, a suspected Chinese intelligence operative who targeted up-and-coming politicians from 2011 to 2015. It began years ago, it is alleged, through charm and campaign fundraising. That's ABC's Martha Raddatz. We're going to start with Alex. What are some uh, warning signs that a potential love interest may actually be a foreign spy? 30 seconds. I think anytime they start by saying so, like, do you know any other mayors who might have interesting national security information? Like, that's, that's a big lead right there, especially if they say all those words directly. If you only bump into them at, fun, at events where you see national mayor conclaves, that's a big sign. Um, you know, if they have a dapper demeanor and seem to be constantly uh, running around detonating things. That's another third sign. I'll put on a with three. Matt Napolitano, 30 seconds. Hey, y'all remember when Eric Swalwell ran for president? Wasn't that a fun two weeks? <laughs> that being said, I don't know, understand the process that goes into looking into these internships in Washington and the fact that people don't catch on to where you are meeting these people, what the conversations are having, as Alex mentioned. It really makes no sense to me how this goes under the radar completely. And now all of a sudden it pops up and it's like, oh, well, I guess I got fooled. This isn't punk. These are people that are coming on to national security secrets, things that are going on within the inner workings of our government. In the words of Cisco, is fong, 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 fong. And uh, Matt Ryan, uh, what are some warning signs that a potential love interest may be a foreign spy? 30 seconds. If she's talking into her watch, she might be a Chinese agent. If she's got something that makes clicking noises in the middle of the night, she might be a Chinese agent. If she actually likes the TV show The Americans and has points of reference to it, she might be a Chinese agent. So, yeah. You just may want to watch out for those things. And also, if she has an unorthodox amount of just those little cassette tapes, then she's a Chinese agent. Coming up, things are about to get sexy around here. Stay tuned to find out how. This is the Best of Master Debaters from KTSA. From 550 KTSA and FM 1071, this is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. Welcome back to the Best of Master Debaters. I'm Dennis Foley, and this week, we're taking a stroll down memory lane and reliving some of the more interesting moments of Master Debaters. We continue our look back with Energy 941's Miho, Combat Culture's Matt Ryan, and comedian Roman Garcia. Um, so my uh, topic is that Jack in the, Bo Jack in the Box is uh, the best fast food because... Um, <laughs> 
it has everything you want at every other franchise. Like you want chicken, they got chicken and it's pretty darn good and it's cheap. Like, first of all, Jack in the Box is cheap. Let's just say that. They got chicken, they got tacos, they got burgers, they got everything that you'd want at an individual specific place, right? Like you want a burger, you're going to Carl Jr. Burger King. You go to chicken, you go to Popeye's or Chick-fil-A. You want tacos, you go to Taco Cabana or Taco Bell. Like Jack in the Box has it all. It's affordable. It was there for us when we were in college or when we were struggling in high school, you know, with our first job. Jack the Box is the goat of all fast food restaurants. That's my argument. Like, it's perfect. <laughs> and their value menu is amazing. Two tacos for a dollar? You kidding me? <laughs> Matt Ryan, 30 second challenge. Now, I've only had Jack in the Box once, and it was quite lovely. Uh, I feel like you're making the same argument that you can make for a Sonic or for any number of fast food locations. Uh, I feel like Wendy's is the best. I feel like they have the best quality, and primarily they have a baked potato. As someone who is Irish who grew up on starches and wanting something a little bit more from their secondary things along with their burgers, their chickens, what have you, the baked potato is one of the most clutch inventions, especially if you're drunk. If you're drunk and you need to soak something up at 2 o'clock in the morning, go to Wendy's. And Miho, 30-second rebuttal. Well, Wendy's does not have tacos, so I'm just going to throw that out there. And I believe <laughs> Jack in the Box does have a baked potato, if I'm not mistaken. And they also got, like, loaded fries. You can get, like, chili cheese on them, or you can get, like, a bacon mm -hmm. cheese stuff on them. Like, what, like, Jack in the Box is perfect. And they got their munchie boxes similar to Taco Bell, so you can get, like, Six different things in a $5 box, which they stole from Taco Bell and made it better. It's perfect. Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, Isaac. Uh, what point do you want to give out to all three of our debaters? So I'll say right now, Miho, I'm, I'm now afraid of Jack in the Box because you just talked to me about a restaurant for like two minutes and you didn't mention the taste once. Not once. That's scary. Uh, Matt? Oh yeah, oh yeah, Miho. Uh, minus ten points. That, that's just that's just terrifying. I feel like you're selling me at an auto parts shop. Like, no, Matt. You mentioned uh... both the quality and the taste and the presence of one of your favorite foods. You know, that's a really specific review of a restaurant. Okay, so I'm going to give you fifteen points. What? And uh, what? I said, oh, thank God. Oh, I thought I heard someone say something. Uh, Roman, eh, eh, five points. All right, thank you. Five points for no <laughs> argument. Can't beat that deal. One thing that can definitely get someone's attention is a sexy accent. Washington Post's Alexander Petri, 1027 Jack FM, Sam I Am, and Bristol from Kiss Country 93.7 in Shreveport debate that. Users of Big 7 Travel, that's an online travel guide company, voted in an annual poll looking into which accent is the sexiest. Now, America is a land of many local inflections from Maine's Yankee dialect. This is Mac, the old Mina. Jeepers, ain't it cold out today? To California's surfer slang. Welcome to California. <laughs> but the survey finds the Texas drawl toughest to resist. Hey, how y'all doing? The Texas accent was chosen as the sexiest for the second straight year. The accents of New York, Boston, Alabama, and Chicago complete the top five. The least sexy accents 
Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Florida, Long Island, and New Jersey. My mother would have loved it if you and I got together. Don Morgan, KTSA News. So do you <laughs> agree that the Texas accent is the sexiest accent? We're going to start with Alexandra. Sure. Well, I, I feel like I'm at a disadvantage here, but it does seem as though there's good science behind this, and who am I to contest good science? I agree that the ones they uh, highlighted as bad accents are often sound like rubbing a cheese grater on your ear, and so I... Uh, agree with that. I feel like you should have done better, only for murder, she wrote, because uh, all the people saying Mrs. Fletcher, in that charming tone, uh, deserve to be regarded as romantic as they are. And also, Texas is a beautiful place, and the people there are great, but so is Long Island. Right? <laughs> Sam, your turn. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very biased on this one. I mean, you know, being from Texas, I mean, I... I my friends tell me I have a Texas accent. I don't hear it. Uh, my relatives all have a Texas accent, but I don't know. I would think that I would have to agree with it because look, country music's pretty popular, and I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of like southern draws, and not to say they're all from Texas, but I mean, I guess that southern accent's doing something for somebody, and you know, sure, why not? That's okay. all I got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Bristol, you're next. Oh, well, I can tell you from firsthand experience uh, living just 30 miles from the Texas border that the sound of a man with a Texan accent is absolutely sexy. Are you kidding me? Um, but with that being said, you know, I do know our fabulous judge is from Long Island, and I am <laughs> partial to that. Did you know that the New Orleans accent can be mistaken for the Long Island accent? Interesting thought. <laughs> So, so before I go to Alex, are you saying that the New Orleans accent is not sexy because it's like the Long Island accent? Oh, no, I'm saying it is very much. And that's it for this look back on the best of Master Debaters. Head over to the Master Debaters page of KingTSA.com to give your scores and comments to the arguments heard tonight and let us know what you think. You can also tweet us your thoughts at KTSA News. Master Debaters is a production of XS Studios in KTSA San Antonio. You can find out more about Master Debaters at KTSA.com and at debaters.xcsfm.com. I'm Dennis Foley, and this has been Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. San Antonio's home for news and talk, on air, online, and on demand. 550 KTSA and FM 1071.